This is the Byron Bledsoe Podcast, Senior Pastor of C3 Church in Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. Wrapping up the Made for More series, and we've been talking about what it looks like to experience the life God created us to live. You're good, Emma. I believe most of us were made for more than we experience. And it's very easy to slide into a typical or average or stagnant kind of life and have an okay life, an okay career, an okay marriage and family, be okay at parenting, but we only get to do this one time. And God made us for so much more. I want to invite you to stand with me again this morning as we read the scriptures in honor of the Word of God. Let's stand together. Philippians chapter 4. We went through the book of Philippians not long ago, but I saved this one message and, and feel like it fits in what we're talking about. And we, we, we can't talk about made for more and not address what this passage talks about. Philippians chapter 4, verse 15. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and if I have more than enough, I, I am amply supplied. Now that I have received from Aphrodite the gifts you sent, they are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And then, then verse 19, one of the most often taken out of context verses. One of the verses that if you grew up in church or you've been around people that were in church, one of the verses that we quote and we know, but unfortunately we, we've often taken it out of context. Verse 19, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Now the fact that that verse gives, begins with the word and means that this promise is connected to something. And often we hold on to the promise and ignore what it's connected to and then wonder why it doesn't work in our lives. But you were made for more, and today we're going to talk about something that is essential if you want to get there. Would you pray with me? Father, for the next few moments, I pray you would speak to our hearts clearly. I pray your spirit would do that work inside us that only you can do. And God, I'm aware even on a holiday weekend, we have each walked in this room with different needs. Some are struggling, some are hurting, some have questions, some are confused. Some had a good week and some had a very difficult week. And in the midst of all of that real life, I pray for the next few moments, as we look at these verses, you would speak to our hearts and lives and help us to understand your, your purpose in our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. 
How many of you know that it is always important to read the fine print? Now, a, a lot of times as guys, men, we, we don't do this. We don't pay attention to it. We have a tendency to sort of just bulldoze in on whatever we're doing. But the fine print, the fine print sets a context. For example, ibuprofen has a fine print, a, a warning. It says this, contact your doctor immediately if you experience sharp or crushing chest pain, sudden shortness of breath, sudden leg pain, sudden severe headache, vomiting, dizziness, or fainting, changes in vision, numbness of an arm or a leg, slurred speech, one-sided weakness, sudden unexplained weight gain, change in the amount of urine produced, severe persistent stomach pain, vomit that looks like coffee grounds, black tarry stools, itching, reddened, swollen, blistered, painful, or peeling skin, yellowing of the skin or eyes, dark urine, right-sided tenderness, severe persistent tiredness, fever, chills, or sore throat, severe persistent nausea, swelling of hands, ankles, feet, face, lips, eyes, throat, or tongue, difficulty swallowing or breathing, or hoarseness. You just had a little inflammation, and you risk all of that when you take ibuprofen, because we don't read the fine print. Paxil, I don't know if you're familiar with the drug Paxil, but here's the warning label, quote, for men. If you experience a prolonged painful erection, stop using this medicine and seek immediate medical contention, con attention or permanent problems could occur. That's a great warning. The confusing part to me is it starts with for men. Like, I understand we live in a culture that's confused, but for some of you, you'll get that after lunch. The warning label, the fine print, is always important. The fine print sets the context. The fine print tells you what's about to happen. The fine print, you think about when pharmaceutical, when the pharmaceutical industry wants to get a drug out, what they're gonna do is they're gonna run commercials, and at the end of the commercials, they're gonna talk in a really fast voice about what might happen to you if you take this drug. And so when they really want to get drugs out, they run those TV ads nonstop, and you know, man, I, I, here's a commercial about this drug, but they're giving me the warning. It, it's curious when they want you to take a drug, they don't run commercials and give you the warning, but that, that's a different, different sermon, different day. Every single time you see a promise from God in Scripture, it's important to read the fine print. Because living large, living the made-for-more life, isn't possible without fine print thinking. And there's this promise tucked away in the verses that we read today, a promise that if you grew up in church you're familiar with, if you're new to church, maybe you've not heard it before, but you, you, you read it with us. And this promise applied then and it applies now. It's a huge promise. The promise is God will meet all of your needs, not just some of your needs, not on the days that you're living right, acting right, thinking right, only. It's the promise that God will meet all of your needs, but you can't hold on to that and just glance at or bypass the fine print. God's been clear. He wants us to experience a large life. Jesus said, I came that you can have life to the full, and, and yes, we have the hope of heaven and the peace that, that, that resides inside us of knowing after this life, everything's going to be okay, but what about in this life? And so in this life, Jesus makes this promise, I, I want you to have a life that is an overflowing kind of life, a life that is an abundant kind of life. 
Notice again verse 15, moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days, the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, that word gospel just means good news, the message of Jesus, that he, he came so that we can know the Father in a personal and connected way. When I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. The church in that day, missionaries in that day, had incredible needs. And traveling was more difficult than it is today, and, and where you would stay was more difficult than it is today. And the needs of people, the level of, of poverty, the level of sickness and illness, the devastation that would take place, the way that women were treated in that culture, and if their husband died, all of the needs were overwhelming. But I think you understand and you know because you live it. There are significant needs even today. There are monumental needs in our community, in our families. There is a tremendous need even now. And according to the Word of God, it is the church that is supposed to rise up, stand up, and meet the needs of the community around us. Scripture never says it is the job of government to meet needs. Now, the government has had to try to step up because the church has so miserably failed. The church has been busy trying to build empires rather than build people. And so, because church has been off focus and church has such an inward focus, government and others have tried to step up, but it, it will never be as efficient, it will never be as effective as when the church does what the church was created to do. And that is to love God and love others and impact the community. We cannot afford to be blind to the needs that are all around us. And I've discovered just as you have, people that live in nice houses and drive nice cars and look like they have nice families often have profoundly deep needs on the other side of that front door. And often we don't know about it. Not to mention the poverty, the needs that we do know about, the level of need that we are made aware of. It's a tremendous need. And so Paul is saying to this church, hey, while other churches ignored the need, you stepped up. You made a difference. You, you gave from the early days. You, you gave even more than once. Verse 17, not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. For the next few moments, I need to talk about something <clears throat> that is going to be for some of you slightly or maybe significantly uncomfortable. But I would not be a good pastor. More than that, I would not be a good friend. If in a series we're talking about how we're made for more, and I ignore one of the primary subjects in all of Scripture that is to apply the teachings in Scripture to the life of a Christ follower. Now, if you're here today and you're not a Christ follower, what we're going to talk about does not apply to you. You can sit back and listen and observe and pay attention to what those of us that are Christ followers are supposed to do. And if you're not a Christ follower, what I'm going to talk about for the next few moments is not going to surprise you. See, often those that don't know Jesus, 
are more fully aware of how those of us that do know Jesus should be living and are not. And it's often what causes the pushback for those that don't know Him. Not that I desire that your gifts, not that I desire your gifts, what I desire is that more be credited to your account. Made for more. Are you living a made for more life when it comes to putting God first financially? This verse is interesting because it, it tells me that God doesn't miss a thing. More be credited to your account. God sees the large generosity when we step into that, but he also sees the smallest obedience, like the story in Scripture of the widow's might. Now, now I, I need to be honest with you this morning. I wrestled with talking about this today. In fact, I would go a step further, and I would say I kind of I kind of argued with God. I don't know if you ever do that. I don't know if you've ever argued with God. You probably don't. I do on occasion, and he wins every time, but, but and sometimes I'm stubborn, and he wins the hard way instead of the easy way. But, but, but I said, God, it's, it's a holiday weekend. So many people are going to be out this weekend. So many t- people have taken quick little vacations or breathers. They've gone to the beach for the day. It's a holiday weekend. Why in the world would I deal with this kind of subject, especially a difficult and sensitive subject, on a holiday weekend? But I could not shake the reality of God saying, you cannot leave this series without dealing with this subject on this day. So what that must mean is, those of us in this room today, God knows need to hear it more than perhaps would have happened if I just delayed and done it at a different time. For some reason, in the economy and the sovereignty of God, on Typically, one of our lowest attended weekends of the year, this September holiday weekend, God still said, talk about this. So perhaps, perhaps God doesn't miss a thing. Perhaps there's something in your life and my life he wants to speak to. Paul says, I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gift you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. Now, this is a real letter to real people. Yes, it's the Word of God, but real letter to real people talking about real money and real needs. But there's a a fine print, a warning label of sorts. We know from verse 18 that the church in Philippi was a generous church. We know the church had supported Paul From the beginning, we find that out in verse 15, from the early days. What that means literally is those who were coming and giving their lives to Jesus, when they became a Christ follower, they did not wait. Immediately they stepped into obeying Scripture and saying, okay, I'll bring the tithe, and more than that, I'll be generous. From from the early days, from being a brand new Christ follower, okay, that's what the Word of God teaches, then I'll step into it. And I think sometimes we have a tendency to forget that what we're reading is the Word of God, the breath of God, the living, active Word of God that He promises won't return empty, that when read speaks into our lives, into our conditions, and no matter what we're facing in life still applies. Sometimes the timing to us feels inconvenient. Sometimes the timing to us feels off, or there are other things that are bigger going on in our lives, we think, but somehow in the midst of all of that, God wants to understand there's something unique about this promise and this fine print. 
that will ooze over into the areas of our lives that we feel are more important. This church, part of the fine print, had been consistent. Verse 16, he says, you've given more than once. The book of Acts tells us that this church had been giving for 10 years continued support. And it's a picture of who the church is supposed to be, uh, giving from the beginning and being consistent. And for many of them, it was a sacrifice. Have you ever thought about the reality that 2,000 years after Jesus walked this planet, you and I would not be here reading the Word of God, talking about the Word of God, worshiping together if it were not for the deep sacrifice of people that have gone before us? Some people gave their lives for this message. Some people lived in inconvenience for this message. Some people dealt with overwhelming oppression because of this message, and they continued to love God and love others and sacrifice, and yes, for 2,000 years, give so that you and I could be here today. Now, if everybody sacrificed at your level 2,000 years from now, how many churches will gather? I'm afraid that often we write on the comfort of what was conviction for others. I'm afraid that sometimes we get so comfortable in our modern Christianity and we take a buffet-line approach to the Word of God. Have you ever been to a buffet? where you pick and choose what you want. And I've noticed there are different personalities that, that go to a buffet. I mean, there are definitely the um, large personalities that pick everything on the buffet. But, but then there are the people that there's so many options, they just get confused. Like, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't know, whatever you think, just, just give me some. And then there are people that like to go back for more because it's, it's a buffet. And I wonder in your life, do you chase the blessings of God or do you chase God? Do you chase what he can do for you? So that part about blessing you and that part about answering your prayers. Do you, do you think that Jesus came and died to give you a life on easy street? Like, do you think that's why the son of God came? And do you, do you, when you read passages that are somewhat convicting, if you're not tithing, tithing is a mathematical term, it just means 10%, and Scripture teaches that as a follower of Christ, we're to bring 10% to the local church. Because in the mind and the economy of God, he set it up that it is the church that is the hope of the world. And so when we come to passages like this, what do you dismiss that God wrote about and died about? And who knows better what life looks like and how you can fulfill your purpose and enjoy life the most than the one who created it and said, I came to give you life to the full. And are you spending more time in life chasing things or chasing God? They did not just bring what was easy or convenient or what they could afford. They faithfully followed what Scripture taught and they sacrificed and it was pleasing to God. And think about it, if you and I know that there's a need, if you know that there's a need, if I know that there's a need, how much more does God know that there's a need? And if I were going to be going out of town on a trip for a period of time, and I said, hey, could you please make sure that Angie's taken care of? I'm gonna be gone for a few months, and I can help here some resources, but would you please look out for my bride? How do you think I would feel about you if you made sure she had everything she needed? Or how do you think I would feel about you if you heard me but ignored me? And that's one of the things I love about so many of you. 
so many of you, I got a message this week from someone who said, man, it was a couple of years ago, and we stepped into this, started tithing, and it's blown their mind what God has done in that time frame. But the reality is this, at the end of the service today, I'm going to give you an opportunity to make an investment. I'll tell you right now, I'm going to give you an opportunity to give to C3, and part of the reason is because of the need. Out of what you give today, we are going to be making a significant contribution to some organizations that are still going into Afghanistan and bringing people out even though our government is slow and delayed in how they're doing that and left people there. There are some organizations of recently retired military people, special forces, and they are going in. I got pictures this week of three children that had just been gotten out. And so out of what you give today, hey, there's a need. There's a need. And there's a need not just over there somewhere. There's a need here somewhere. In our community, there's a need. And can you imagine how the church could be a light in the community and meet needs if all of us that are followers of Jesus put God first financially, like Scripture teaches, rather than looking at it as optional and a suggestion, something that God said, hey, this is an evidence of your faith. Can you imagine the needs that could be met and the difference that could be made? If all of us did it, instead of about 30%. And how does God feel about us when we ignore the needs of people he loves? Now notice the large print. The fine print is in light of these things. Man, you, you started giving from the beginning. You've been consistent in how you've been giving. You've put God first financially. That's all the small print. It sets the context. Then there's the large print. and. And is a little Greek word, D-E, could be pronounced day. And that word literally means, and because of that, as a result of that. So this and and the promise that is about to be given is a result of and because of you began from the beginning being faithful financially. You've been generous, you've sacrificed, you've gone over and above, and you've been consistent in how you did it. You didn't just try it once or for 90 days, you've continued to put God first, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. Now one of the things that's profound to me about that verse is your needs, my needs, when we function obedient to what Scripture teaches as followers of Christ, will be met. Not, not according to your riches or my riches or our riches, but according to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. How, how wealthy do you think Jesus is? Verse 19 begins with and. So when you look at somebody and you say, don't worry, my God's going to meet all your needs according to the riches. Maybe, maybe not. Are they doing what came before the end? We approach God with this mentality. Here's the problem. As followers of Jesus, we function out of some sort of entitled position where we feel like God is obligated, in part because we're God bless Americans. Did you know God loves people that are in Afghanistan just as much as he loves us? We have been insanely blessed. And you're chasing when the latest iPhone's going to come out, or you're chasing when the next model of that vehicle's come out, or you're chasing when the next house and how, what that's going to look like. Are you chasing God who loves every single person around you more than you're chasing stuff that you're not taking with you? What does your eternity portfolio look like? God promises to meet all of their needs. 
I remember when um, one of our kids were really, really little, like maybe three years old, a little bitty, I, I won't tell you who, but Ethan and I went to the drugstore and when we were in the drugstore, we were picking out, we were looking for a Valentine present for his mom, for my bride. And, and I remember the little guy picked out the biggest box, the biggest heart-shaped box of chocolate candy. It was literally about this big. And, and my man, like, it was written in Spanish, and we don't even know Spanish, but he, he, he just looked for the biggest box. And that's the one he wanted to give mom. And I remember we got to the house, and he took it to her, and as he handed it to her, this is Valentine's Day, and his message was, Mommy, it's nice to share. <laughs> it was the next day. The next day we found him in the living room, sitting behind the couch, between the couch and the wall, covered in chocolate with that big box. I, I thought God had changed his race. All this, like, what just happened to you? Covered in chocolate with a big smile on his face. His motto when he was a little bitty bitty guy, you'd hear him say all that. When he'd wake up in his crib, you'd hear, I need candy. I need candy. Sorry, Ethan. We're just talking about you for a minute. Some things, some things that I chase, some things that I think I need, God knows I don't. Some things that taste good in the moment, God knows what's going to happen long-term. And every single time I chase the blessings of God, and nothing wrong with the blessings of God, they're just not meant to be God. And when I chase the blessings of God, or I chase things in this life, that, that, that next thing that you're gonna buy, how many people does it feed? How many people does it help? How many people come to know Jesus as a result of it? How many people experience the love of God because of what you're about to do? And buying stuff, listen, listen, listen. I'm not down on buying stuff. As long as stuff is not first. See, verse 19 is not a verse for all Christ followers. Verse 19 is in light of verses 15 through 18 because the small print matters, and the small print sets the context and sets the stage for the large print, and you cannot separate it because God doesn't. And it feels counterintuitive. Remember, Paul speaks earlier in chapter 4 about how important our thinking is. And notice the thinking of the early church. They gave faithfully. They gave sacrificially to meet the needs of people that mattered to God, to advance the message of Jesus, caring for people through the local church. Then, as a result, God met all their needs. And one thing about God, he's such a loving father. I don't know what your father was like, but, but if you can imagine a perfect father or how you would define or, or the characteristics you think a perfect father would have, God is way more than even that. And I know that in the lives of my kids, as a dad, I'm a flawed dad, I'm just a, a sinful man, I make sure their needs are met. But I do more than that. Because as a father, not only do I meet their needs, to me as a dad that loves them, that's bare minimum. I love going above and beyond. I, I, I love doing so much more than just meeting their needs. And if I, as a broken, messed up, sinful father, do that and think like that, how much more does a God who loves us, who is perfect even in his love for us, how much more do you think he thinks like that? See, we often think the opposite. Okay, God, 
if you'll bless me, if you'll answer this prayer, if you'll do this thing for me, if you'll help me get the raise, if you'll make sure I get the promotion or the new job, God, if we can just get this house, Father, if you'll just, my mom's been sick and in the hospital, if, you, if you'll just work in that, God, if you'll do that, then, then man, I, I'm there. I'll obey whatever you teach. You've got to flip the equation. That's not how things work. That, that's not faith. That's logic and reason. Faith is beyond that. Faith, faith swims upstream in the opposite direction. And when you flip the equation, you flip your situation. When you say, okay, God, I'm going to obey you. Just because you asked, I, I am a follower of Christ, which means if I'm a follower of Christ, I follow the teachings of Jesus. I'm not really following Jesus if I'm not following his teachings. So are you following his teaching when it comes to how you handle your finances? Because if you're not, you're, you're, you're not following Jesus. You, you may wear a label, but the actions of your life conflict with the words of your mouth, and actions always speak louder. If we want the kind of security the Philippians had, where all of their needs are met, we have to live the kind of generosity the Philippians lived. If you want the large print blessings in your life, you've got to live the small print life. And here's the thing, you know, and I know, everything we need right now to make this happen in our lives. What does this kind of generosity look like? They were investing to increase the kingdom of God, the mission of God, the, the passion of God. It means God comes first. Verse 15, from the early days, from the beginning, not a long time after you're saved, not after you prayed through it a while. Listen, I wonder how much time we waste emotionally in prayers, praying for things that we don't have to pray for because God's already addressed it. Putting Jesus first financially, bringing the tithe, the first 10% to the local church, that is something you never, ever have to pray about. Well, but you don't understand my situation. I've got some debt, and some things have changed in my life, and our, our interest rate has gone up on our mortgage, and we've, we've got these obligations, so we need to pray through how to, no, 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 no. He did not say, as a follower of Jesus, put me first, unless your finances are jacked up, then go ahead and take care of that. He never said that. In fact, the more desperate your financial situation, the more radical you need to be about obeying what God teaches. Because when I obey what God teaches in, in any area of my life, not just finances, any area of your life, when you obey what God teaches, you bring God into that area of your life. When you don't, you invite his absence. See, God comes first. Hebrews chapter 11 says, and without faith, Notice this, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So if you're going to rationally, logically, mathematically figure out what you think you can afford, is that faith? This is one of the areas that you can, I can step into faith. In fact, it's the only area in all the Bible that God says, I want you to test me. See if I'm lying. I want you to test me. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Do you? Do you bless people you're not pleased with? Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. That means when I give God out of leftovers, it takes no faith. When I give God first, I'm investing in his agenda. I'm giving first, I'm being obedient to the local church. That's faith. That's one of the reasons I love, one of the reasons Angie and I set up automated giving through our safe and secure website. If I get paid on a Tuesday, I don't have to wait till Sunday. I want to give first. Before the mortgage payment, before anything else I'm doing, I want to make sure God gets what's first. God has this funny, funny thing about only accepting first place. 
Proverbs chapter 3 says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits, not the leftovers, not the when I get around to it, not the what's convenient, not what matters, with the first fruits of all your crops, then your barns will be filled overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. First fruits of all, honor God with that, and then. See, faith is only really engaged when I give to God first. When we grow our generosity, we grow our faith. And as we do that, we meet the needs of others. And God takes care of all of our needs and he meets the needs of others because God provides and protects, that's what he does. So for the Philippians, generosity is giving to God first, not the leftovers. And then I noticed they were consistent. For 10 years they'd been doing this. For 10 years. Because the biblical pattern for success has always been consistency. And there is a big difference Inconvenience and consistent. They're worlds, universes apart, convenient and consistent. Convenient is when it works for me. Convenient is when I feel like it. Convenient is when it's not too hard. Convenient is when I have some left, so I'll, I'll toss it in. And convenient has led to a church in the Western culture that is tipping to God instead of tithing to God. And as a result, we live in some ways a very anemic spiritual life. It is impossible. There is no way around it. It is impossible to live a made-for-more life. It is impossible to live a blessed life. It is impossible to live the life God created you to live if you're not putting him first financially. It is impossible to fully follow Jesus if you don't follow him in the most difficult areas. What good is a God that I can't follow in the difficult areas? How big is a God that there are limitations to where I will trust him? And how much is God my God if I won't obey what he says? Now, you might be sitting there thinking, this feels very predictable. You're, you're a pastor. I mean, of course you would say that. You want people to bring their tithes to the church, and oh, you happen to pastor that church, wow. That feels somewhat convenient. No, here's what I would say to you. Over the years of ministry, one of the greatest joys of my life, the first one is people that meet Jesus as their Savior. I can't get over it. I'm addicted to life change. It's what drives everything we do. Right behind that, tied with a couple of other things, but right behind that in second place is people that step into putting God first financially and bringing the the whole tithe, as Malachi says, the first 10% to the local church. And part of why I'm addicted to that and part of why I love that is the stories that I get to hear of what God does in people's lives. This is not about what I want from you. It's about what I want for you. So much so that if you think I'm trying to manipulate you, tithe to another church. Just step into what Scripture teaches. Don't miss out on what God wants to do in your life. You don't have to, I mean, biblically, you're supposed to bring it to the church you're a part of, but if you think that I'm trying to manipulate you, tie it to another church and see what God does in your life. And if you can't trust the leadership of this church to manage what God brings our way to fulfill his purpose, then you should be a part of a church that you can. And those of you that have been a part of C3 for a long time and you've not stepped into tithing yet, maybe one of the things you need to pray about, maybe I'm not the guy that should be your pastor. If God threw me isn't able to do what it takes to get you to obey a clear, simple truth. Maybe you need a better pastor. Oh, oh, I'm not leaving, you can't. Like, I, I'm not going anywhere. But you might want to try to find a different, if year after year after year, 
There are things we talk about and somehow the Holy Spirit of God working through me does not motivate you to obedience. Am, am I wasting your time? Or are you wasting God's? It's so quiet today. It's so quiet. They were consistent. They, they were consistent. It, it, they said, hey, it, it doesn't matter what today looks like. God gets first. It doesn't matter if I got a raise or a demotion. God gets first. It, it doesn't matter. I'm going to bring the first 10%. Well, you say, well, how, what, what do I do? I mean, how do I calculate that? Because I lost my job. Very, very simple. I grew up in Texas, but I think we still learned math. What's 10% of zero? Zero. This is of just your income. Whatever God brings into your life, the first 10% belongs to him because being first in your life is a big deal to God. And you can say it all day long, but words are meaningless. It's when you and I step into faith, and this takes faith, and says, okay, God, I'm going to put you first. The first 10% is yours. And I've heard more stories over all the years of how God blew people's minds and answered prayers they've been praying for years and worked in their lives in significant ways. Not always in a week, not always in a couple of months, but over time, the faithfulness of God, he has never been found to be unfaithful. And so my question to you today, are you a convenient giver or a consistent giver? Are you tipping God or tithing to God? Because the reason I felt like God wanted me to talk about this today, even though it's a holiday weekend with a lower crowd than we will have next weekend, significantly. The reason was I, I, I felt God so impressed me to talk about this today is I believe the Spirit of God is trying to speak to your life if you're not tithing. I believe the Spirit of God is trying to speak to your life from the future. We know God knows our past, and we read in scriptures about all that he's done in the past. But did you know scripture teaches he's the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega? And God can look into your future with piercing clarity. And I believe one of the things the Spirit of God most definitely would encourage you to do because the Word of God is acting and living and it does not change. It is infallible, it is inerrant, it is from God, it is the very breath of God, it is perfect. I believe one of the things the Spirit of God looking into your future would say to you if you're not, if you're not being obedient in this area is you're going to miss some things that I desperately want to do not only in your life but through your life. And how sad and how tragic is it to miss what God wants to do? See, today, if, if you're a Christ follower and you're not bringing that first 10%, you, you've got to start. You have to. This is too good not to. Not too easy. It's difficult. It's challenging. And even as a pastor, I, I struggled with this for years. And the only regret that I have is that I did not start sooner. For years I wrestled with this. I remember when we were living in Warsaw, Missouri, just north of Springfield and Bolivar, and I pastored this little bitty country church, and, and they paid me $400 a month Plus, every now and then a pig or a hog or whatever. They'd bring meat by and rose bushes in Missouri where there's snow. They never lived. I don't know why they did it, but they would pay us $400 a month. But listen, we were so poor. I don't know if any of you ever had this. Students, this is going to blow your mind. Our phone was what was called a party line. That means everybody on your street shared the same phone number. So if I wanted to call my dad in Texas, I'd pick up the phone and two, two houses down, they're already talking. Oops. 
That was kind of cool if you listened for a minute, but not always. Don't do that. That's not nice to people. But listen, we were broke, and I, and I rationalized away. And we're broke. The church didn't pay me what they should. You can always come from your perspective, or you can come from God's. And I've just discovered every time I come from my perspective, I have, I have a unique gift. I don't know if you've got this. I have a unique ability that when I come from my perspective, I tend to blow my life up. It, it, it's, I, I'm above average. <laughs> I, I'm talented and gifted in this area. But when I come from God's perspective, He blows my mind. So we need to, you have to step into Philippians generosity where God gets the first no matter what off the top and we're consistent about it. You, you, you have to step into Philippians kind of generosity so you will experience Philippians kind of security. God is my provider and God is my protector. And so I want to encourage you today. Don't miss the made for more life. Don't miss how faith can grow in your life. Don't miss the Spirit of God speaking to you from the future, knowing what the future you will be grateful of. And if you step into this and you obey God and you obey what Scripture teaches, the you of five and ten years from now will give the you of today a standing ovation. And a lot of lives will be changed. The opportunity for us in Central Florida is massive. There are things that God is doing that you don't even know yet. Some things I don't even know yet. Many things, there are some things I know that you don't yet. We'll talk about it later. But, but the opportunity, the, a thousand people a day are moving to Florida. Who's going to love them? Who's going to reach them? Who's going to sacrifice? Who's going to say, okay, God, I'm going to love you and love others in a tangible way. And rather than chasing this or that or this or that and trying to figure out how to balance it all, I'm going to put you first. And I want to be a part of a church that is the hope of the world. I want to be a part of a church that is, that is the hope of Central Florida. I want to be a part of a church that is the hope for hurting people, for desperate people, for discouraged people, for people that are struggling, for people that have needs. I want to be the kind of a church and part of a church that will love God and love people, and it's more than just a phrase. It's what I do with the first 10%. And so I want you to grab your phone. Everybody just grab your phone. And maybe you already, and by the way, if you're not a part of C3, maybe it's your first time, please do not feel obligated. But if you're a part of C3, you know what the Word of God says. The only question is, will you be obedient or not? And I want to encourage you to text C through Orlando to 77977. Or on your phone, you can go to the safe and secure website, giveC3.cc. And I'm asking you, not, not me, I believe the Spirit of God is asking you to step into obedience, not just for what it will mean for a church that's trying to reach people, and not just for what it will mean for those who are impacted by your faithfulness, but what it will mean for your life, your peace, your future, your faith. This is too good to miss. In fact, it's so good if the person next to you hasn't taken it out of their cell phone, reach over and grab it and take it out for them. Like just, just get, no, don't do that, don't do that. There's a cop here, he will frown on that. But, but you've got to take your phone out. Text C3Orlando to 77977. You'll get a link to a safe and secure site or you can go to give C3.cc. 
And there's a way you can make a contribution just for today. And remember today, we are taking a portion out of what comes to help those rescuing people in Afghanistan. You can also set it up like Angie and I do where it's automated. And every time, whether you get paid once a month, every week, twice a month, you can step in and say, okay, God, I'm going to be faithful to what you're asking me to do. I want to encourage you with everything in me. Man, do this. We believe in it so much. If you do this, and 90 days from now you say, man, I haven't noticed a difference. I don't feel like God's blessed me. Maybe it's financial, maybe it's peace, maybe it's an answer to prayer. I don't feel like God's done anything. We will refund everything you gave in the 90 days. We are in this with you. And if I could do it for you, I would, because I know, I know, I know that it works, not just from my life, but from the lives of those that step in. It's how we tangibly love God and love others. Don't miss this. Don't miss it. Would you pray with me?